Hey, this is Mr. Anderson, Anderson, and you are listening to Two Out of Three Falls. Yeah, 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 what up? You know, it's uh, Peter Rosenberg, Hot 97, ESPN, WWE Network, Cheap Peak Podcast. Um, let's see what else. I got mad jobs out here, but right now, talking all things wrestling with my man Randy Cruz, the Cruise Control Podcast. Sit back and stay mage. You're listening to Cruise Control with Randy Cruz. This is the voice of the New World Order. N-W-O. And Neil Perfect Secrets of WCW Nitro. Graham Matthews, Bleacher Report. My man, how you doing? Doing great, Randy. Coming up a pretty newsworthy week in WWE. How about yourself? Uh, doing good, man. There's a lot to talk about in the world of pro wrestling. Um, you can follow Graham on Twitter at WrestleRant. You can follow me at Randy J. Cruz, R-E-N-D-Y, the letter J, C-R-U-Z. Find the podcast on both SoundCloud and iTunes. Um, so, yeah, man, lots to talk about. A lot of returns. Um, some production changes going on, some new Hall of Fame uh, inductees. Uh, we're on the road to Fastlane, of course, and of course, WrestleMania 35 at MetLife Stadium. But um, since we since we did not have a show last week, I, I do want to get to some stuff that happened outside the ring before we get to some Raw and SmackDown. Um, they released Ty Dillinger. They uh, released slash fired what they want to call it um, Arn Arn Anderson, and they rehired Bruce Pritchard. So now, I guess when you see Raw and SmackDown this week, not saying it's maybe one hundred percent Bruce Pritchard, but you kind of saw a different um, production value of how this you know the whole show was presented. Um, real quick, Ty released. Art Anderson fired, whatever, and now they brought back Bruce Pritchard. When you when you read that, um, are you shocked? You know what what went through your mind when you read about that? Honestly, Randy, I completely forgot about any of those people being let go wow. after the last like couple <laughs> days being as newsworthy as they wow. have been, which is a good thing. Like it's all good news for the most part. And honestly, that news. Like, I wasn't heartbroken by any of it. Like, Arn Anderson, it was a backstage role thing. It's mm-hmm. disappointing. We don't know the reasons why he left. We know nothing. We weren't right. there. So I can't say why he was gone or why he was let go or if it was for the better. I don't know. Um, but the guy's been there for ages. I mean, I think since WCW closed back in 2001. Wow. That's a long time. So it would really take a lot for them to fire Arn Anderson. Hopefully he's brought back at some point. They fired Finley at one point from his role as a producer, and he was brought back a year or two later. So it's not completely out of the question that Arn Anderson might be brought back at some point down the road. So I can't really speak to him. Uh, For the other three releases, like you said, Ty Dillinger requested and granted his release. Hideo Itami requested his release weeks ago, was granted it on Friday. And TJP was just fired for the sake of being fired. (laughs) There was no real rhyme or reason about that one. Um, The Dillinger thing, not a huge loss. The guy was a very good asset. Was never going to be a world champion. I'm not going to sit here and tell you the guy could have been a WWE champion. Um, He could have been a solid mid carder. They dropped the ball almost as soon as he got called off. They have done nothing with him in two years that he's been on SmackDown. So for him to ask for his release, considering this is his dream job and he's gone on the record and talking about that before, excuse me, that um, it, it, it says a lot. It says a lot about his status with the company and what they have done and really 
really what they haven't done with him since he got called up. So that was hardly surprising. And I, I'm not going to say this about everybody, but I think he'd be a good asset in all elite wrestling considering his outside-the-ring friendship with uh, Cody Rhodes. So I see him ending up there. Hideo Itami, hardly a surprise. He was kind of a bust in NXT due to injuries. Um, they could have done a lot more with him, but he hasn't done too much in the last year or two that he's been two hundred five that he's been on two hundred five live. So him going back to Japan is only really logical. And then TJP, I could not give two shits. I mean, the guy was a very good wrestler, but he's another guy. He won the Cruiserweight Classic, got a big push right out of the gate. But because that division was so damaged at the beginning, people just were conditioned to not give two shits about the guy, and he's been doing nothing for a year or two now. So some logical expected releases. Uh, none of them really are you know, going to shake the company to the core, but I thought they mm-hmm. were uh, newsworthy for what they were. I felt that when they brought back Bruce Pritchard, eh, you know, you know me again, not being funny but being serious. Where I, I read it, I saw it on Twitter, and, and you know, I'm like, hey, Vince Russo got to be next. And then I got I got a couple of responses like, no, you're crazy, you're bugging out. Why would they do that? And and I'm like, hey, you know, if you want to rekindle stuff that that really went well back in the day attitude era even like the early uh ruthless aggression era you know that would be one guy that i know would never happen he won't come back they won't even reach out to him uh, that would just me being a fan of saying hey if you're gonna bring bruce pritchard back uh he and he was part of that era as well might as well bring russo back but i got a little little flack behind it but um it is a, a very interesting dynamic where you bring back a guy who was part of the company um, in that, uh, for, for so long, 20, 25 years, 90s, attitude era, uh, off and on in the in, in the 2000s, I believe, and then eventually fired by Vince or, or Stephanie, whatever, whichever story you want to believe, and now he's back in the fold in 2019. He had the podcast on the um, the network, so they apparently they still had a working relationship, and now... You know his uh, him being back in the fold with this roster and seeing the ratings not being what you know what they once were, and again I can't I I won't I don't know if Raw SmackDown was primarily better because solely of him. A lot of people on Twitter were saying Raw looked a whole lot better, was a whole lot different. Um, same for SmackDown. It just felt different. It was produced different. Uh, vignettes and backstage stuff. I know we get to some you know returns, but um, I think that this could be, I know it's only one week. It depends on how they follow up. That's the one thing. But if you look at what we saw on Raw and SmackDown, it was a different feel of what we were getting the last, not couple of months, but last couple of years of just a beginning, a, a, a strong beginning, a good middle, a strong end, a cliffhanger. Makes you want to see, oh, you know, what's going to happen next week, not just the regular normal shit that we've been getting. And again, I don't know if it's solely him, but I think his his influence and his knowledge of being backstage and, you know, whatever creative control that he has um, definitely had to, to play some part in that. So when you're watching when you're watching Raw and SmackDown, I think you read it. I mean, I think you put it on Twitter saying that this is probably the best Raw we've seen not only in months, but in, in quite some time. Right. Oh, absolutely. I still stand by that statement. That was easily the best draw I've seen at least a year, if not longer. And um, like you said, I think some of that does 
It can be attributed to Bruce Pritchard and his contributions on the creative team. We'll see how far this goes because you know now that Raw and SmackDown, since they were pretty good this week, at least better than they have been in a long time. SmackDown especially I thought was great. Yeah. Raw by recent Raw standards was also great, but compared to any show like 10 years ago, it was like decent. But it's still a good show. Um you know now that if the show's shit, people will be blaming Bruce Pritchard for that, too. So, like, it goes both ways, and we'll see how long yeah. they can maintain this momentum. I don't want to get too optimistic, thinking that Raw's turned a corner, it's automatically an amazing show again. Like, it was one week, they got this guy back from cancer, obviously that was going to be a feel-good moment. Mm-hmm. You can't strike gold with that every single week. You can't bring people back every single week. You can't bring back Batista and Matt Hardy and uh, Kevin Owens every single week. At some point, yeah. you're going to run out of people to bring back. So you got to focus on the current roster. But they also did a decent job of doing just that on both shows this week. So, again, I think Bruce Pritchard being back is a good get. Um, I can't really speak too much to his creative influence. We will now going forward. But, um, like, the last couple of years, he hasn't been involved in anything creatively as far as I understand. I know he's been involved with Impact and MLW. Beyond that, I know he's got the podcast stuff going on. He's got a great mind for the business. So having people like that in your organization is only going to help the cause. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, Randy, of course, I'm going to still say this until the day that he dies. It really doesn't won't change anything until Vince McMahon is out of the picture, because at the end of the day, the buck stops with him and he gets final say over who gets pushed, who gets what and whatever. So I I think at the end of the day, what really is going to change things is when Vince is out of power or like lessens his um, control on creative when he, you know, relinquishes it to Triple H or whoever. But nonetheless, I think Pritchard being back in the fold is uh, good news, especially this past week's Raw and SmackDown were any indication. They were much stronger shows than usual. So I'm looking forward to seeing how the rest of the wrestle, uh, the rest of the road to WrestleMania shakes out on both shows. So you, as a fan, you, you, you know, give me, give me, give me a a percentage uh, number that if Vince McMahon says I don't want to do this no more, and I, you know, whatever the reins go to Stephanie and Hunter, you, how much do you really think that the wrestling business for WWE going forward is going to be better without Vince McMahon? Because I mean, again, he's been doing it for so long. He he's the king. He's the head of the power. You know, last anything goes. Um, no, nothing happens without his final say. And you think that with Hunter and his his experience now with NXT and Stephanie being around for so long, that they're gonna give you the same thing that Vince McMahon has been giving you for so long, if not better, going forward. If the, if they decide to, if he decides to just step down. Creatively, yes. From a business standpoint, again, can't really speak to that too much. I don't think Triple H would mess up anything business-wise in terms of like relationships with sponsors and whatever. I, I, I don't really know too much about that. But creatively, I do think it would be a better show. Um, Triple H... I know NXT is a smaller show. It's it's easy to be a big fish in a small pond over there, and Raw and SmackDown are two completely different beasts. I understand that. But um, the guy seems to know what he's doing. He took over NXT back in 2012. It's been an amazing product ever since. Arguably the hottest thing going in the company right now. He took the reins of 205 Live about a year ago, completely um, you know, overhauled the entire show. And I know people still don't really watch the show, but it is significantly better than it was 
even a year ago. 205 Live is an example of that. NXT UK, another brand that he started from the ground up and is another great alternative to Raw and SmackDown. So, I mean, I don't know how much his influence on those shows would change if he took full creative control of Raw and SmackDown, but I do think both shows would have a better focus and you wouldn't see things happening randomly from week to week. Like sometimes they'll tease things like whatever happened to Sami Zayn coming back. They tease these vignettes for weeks about Sami Zayn being back and then nothing. Kevin Owens, same thing. They air these vignettes and all of them all of, all of a sudden he's back. Like I said, baby face or a heel. I'm not really sure the inconsistency with this product to me is a direct result of Vince McMahon. Cause that just has his fingerprints all over. They don't really have long-term planning, um, outside of a few top key stars like Roman Reigns and maybe Seth Rollins and John Cena, that used to be the case with him before he kind of uh, stepped down a bit. So again, I, I can't say the product would be a hundred times better uh, once Vince steps down, whenever that might be. But I do, I, I am inclined to think that the product would be better solely based off the fact that Triple H, anything the guy has touched in the last five, six, seven, eight years, has turned to gold. And again, Raw and SmackDown are two totally different shows. But at the same time, he realizes that they have a great roster right now. Like, if he's going to do right by these guys in NXT, I don't think he would wrong them on the main roster. Like Nakamura would be in a totally different position right now if Triple H was in charge, as would the Revival, as would a lot of the people that he kind of uh, uh, played a part in ensuring they were successful during their time in NXT. He wouldn't just forget all about them. And that's not to say, oh, he would de-push Roman Reigns. Like, I'm sure he would be high on him, too. I think it'd be much more balanced as opposed to focusing on, like, one person on each show, which I think is a very dumb idea because then you get in the scenario with, like, with Roman Reigns where a guy gets sick or hurt. What the hell do you do now? Like, they're they're out of the picture. Like, who do you build around now? So uh, I don't know when that's going to be. It might not be for a long time anyway, but that's purely my opinion in terms of Triple H taking over at some point. But now do you think with Bruce Pritchard coming back, there's, there's a bigger story behind that backstage where Vince might not be – you know, in the mood anymore to trust these, you know, younger, these younger guys, these these young writers and everything where he has to go back to the well and go back to somebody who was there with him in the foxhole for so long that that created some of the best content they ever had over, you know, just a little over, over 20 years ago where maybe, you know, maybe even deeper than that, maybe you know, losing little faith in what Hunter has been trying to bring up or what Stephanie and, and her ideas, um, you know, bringing Bruce back into the fold, do you think, and, and it's just, you know, just, you know, us to talk the shit, but do you think Vince has just hired Bruce just to kind of help out the young guys on, on, the, on, on the writing squad or really be like, you know what, whatever these guys, whatever they, these guys have been doing, it hasn't worked out, so I need to. I need somebody to bring balance where um, that can provide me something that w- that would work uh, week in week out, and that's why they brought Bruce Pritchard back. Honestly, I think it's more of the latter. To be honest with you, I I, I don't think it would have been rumored that the guy took on a top creative role, like a key role in creative, unless he was being like unless unless Vince really wanted to overhaul the entire creative system, which. Is is just ridiculous to me. We won't. We don't really know how the creative team works. Yeah. But in my opinion, I don't think it's entirely on them. We like to shit all over creative. But like I said, the buck stops with Vince McMahon. They could have some great ideas that we just don't even know about. That they just they could just end up in the garbage. And at the end of the day, they just do what Vince wants to do. So even Bruce being back might not change anything. For one week, it did. 
but we'll see how much it'll change going forward. Um, but I would not put it past Vince to blame the writers and be like, oh, you guys aren't getting the job done. So they bring in someone from 10, 20 years ago. At least Bruce seems to know what he's doing. So I don't want to shit on that move. Um, but like, again, I think it's largely Vince's fault and creative. Maybe they're not coming up with any compelling ideas and that forces Vince to do things on his own. I don't know. It goes both ways. I'm inclined to think based off interviews that I've seen with past creative writers that they're holding, they're holding up their end of the bargain, but Vince does not want their creative ideas to see the light, to see the light whatsoever. So I'm not sure. I, we, we don't really know unless we're inside the company, unless we're on that, you know, like mm-hmm. a fly on the wall in these creative meetings and whatnot. But I, I see it as a positive with Bruce being back. And, uh, I mean, you mentioned earlier, like there's there's these people that were involved in the Attitude Era. I don't think they should bring back Bruce for how successful he was during the Attitude Era, because what worked back then is not going to work today. Mm. They got to find new things that will work for them. Like Triple H, NXT is so great because they're not rehashing things from the Attitude Era. They're not even rehashing things from 10, 15, even 30 years ago. They're trying mm. new things and it's working. And um, hopefully they can strike all the Bruce Pritchard and whoever else they bring back. Not to, again recreate the glory days by any means but try to find the right formula that works for wwe all elite i don't want to do you know compare the two here but like at least they're trying new things to an extent lucha underground tried new things with like the intergender stuff even Mm. if it wasn't for everybody you're not going to be able to please everybody with shit that you do but as long as it's different as opposed to doing the same thing week in and week out. That's why Raw and SmackDown, I felt like the same shows for years now. It, it's just not going to work. So hopefully Bruce Pritchard being back as a sign, they're moving in a different direction and not trying to do things the old way, um, but rather trying something completely new that'll help them, you know, make the shows a lot better. Because, the, the, you know, the main reason why I asked is because now on television, um, it may not be a story. It might, but... When Becky, I know me, me and you are gonna go all over the place. When Becky apologized to Hunter and Steph a few weeks ago, and then Vince says, "You know what? Fuck that. You know what? You're suspended. You know, two months, whatever." Uh, he comes in, so he overrides Hunter and Stephanie accepting the apology, and then now on SmackDown, Stephanie and Shane have Kofi in the uh, the main event at Fastlane for the title against Daniel Bryan and then Vince comes down on SmackDown overrides that and said nah fuck that uh, we're gonna have Kevin Owens instead so my thing is that that's happened twice now where Vince is just coming in overriding Stephanie Hunter Shane and then they're all supposed to be helping out both both brands is there something to that where there could be a, a a story where there is a little divide where Vince is the older guard and Stephanie Shane and Hunter are like are the newer guard and in no relation to Bruce but um is it could there be a story where it's Vince versus everybody else in in, in that kind of regard Yeah um have you yeah, have, have you mean, have you noticed that have you noticed that I mean, it didn't really. I didn't really put two and two together until you mentioned it just then. No. Um, I mean, I wasn't really a fan of them doing that with Kevin Owens and Becky Lynch, just because it was this. It was the same thing they just did right. with Becky. Right. But, I mean, there there could where there's smoke, there's fire, so it's possible. I didn't really. I wouldn't read too much in anything right now, but you never know with this company, so I would not be surprised <laughs> if it was like a. 
you know, if it was some sort of like a uh, a bigger sign that means that that Vince is overriding anything that Triple H and Stephanie want. I, I can't say. I don't know. I really don't. But it would be easy for fans to think that based off what we've seen on TV in recent weeks. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, they announced Hunter and Batista at WrestleMania and Vince says, no, Hunter, I'm going to replace you with Randy Orton. <laughs> yeah, replace him with himself or something like that. <laughs> Get the long way to Batista, Randy Orton, man, that we should have gotten five years ago. Exactly. Um, oh, God. Before I get to Raw and SmackDown, I, you know, I'm going to, you know, put you to the fire, man. You know, you're, you're a writer, great work for Bleacher Report, you know, and we always shit on the creative team because this, that's just what we do. But we, we do it and, you know, just to have fun and, you know, we just want to see what you know the best talent and the best kind of production go on for both shows uh because we're long time fans but if i told you graham you had one meeting with vince with vince mcmahon right okay. and he says yo well not really yo but if he said hey graham you know i i, I, I need i need one more match for wrestlemania and if you can you can t- look at raw smackdown or i need one match for, for wrestlemania main event mid card to open a show whatever it is give me a match and sell me the story going into wrestlemania and pitch me of why i should go with those two people and that and that story what would you tell vince are you talking about for this year's wrestlemania okay let's let's go with this year let's go let's say no match has officially been okay you know what let's say aside from ronda charlotte becky and aside from brock and seth rollins and the Battle Royal. Um, give me one match and sell me the story of why people should be invested in that match. Well, just going off of based off, just basing off what we already have for the card, the card that I want to see includes the matches that you mentioned. Well, okay. first of all, I would make it Ronda and Becky one-on-one. I'm not going to reiterate what I've said a million times before here on the show. That should be one-on-one. I know they've tried to incorporate Charlotte. That's fine. But it, that that the real main event there, the real appeal of that attraction is back in Ronda. Putting that aside, um, I think Batista and Triple H, I might be among the few. I think that's a great addition to the card because it gets two guys on the card that people know. And again, I know these are the same reasons why people were shitting on matches like Triple H and The Undertaker a few years ago mm. or you know, last year's Triple H and Kurt Angle match and that mixed tag team match or John Cena and The Undertaker or Goldberg versus Brock Lesnar, whatever. But people know who Triple H and Batista are, and it's not an Attitude Era like they're not reenacting the Attitude Era. It's more so like from the mid-2000s. Both guys could probably still go, and it's less about the match and more about the story. I don't want to just see, oh, you know, Triple H never beat me. With Batista, they can play up the fact where on Monday he was like, do I have your attention now, Hunter? They can play that up as, you guys did not want me to come back. You were not welcoming me back with open arms. You messed up my last run with the company. Mm -hmm. Um, You pooped on my movie career. You thought I would not be successful. Look who's laughing now, bitch. Like that type thing. (laughs) I think that'd be amazing. I think that'd be amazing if they went down that route as opposed to just, oh, you know, we have history from 13 years ago. And that's fine. That's fine. But I think if they really wanted to make it like a must-see match, they can kind of blend the, you know, blend the uh, lines, blur the lines between reality and storyline. And have Batista like legitimately upset at Triple H for um, you know not inviting him back sooner and for doubting his movie career, which is why he wasn't back a few years ago. I think that'd be really interesting. So 
that that's one match I think could really benefit from uh, if they if they told the right story with it. Because mm. on paper, like Batista, Triple H, okay, why should I care? Right. But I think if they add in those as reasons, it's like holy shit. Okay, like that's that's some real ass shit right there. Like I, now I want to see it. Yeah, um, and, and you know now now I get you know they're gonna involve Ric Flair in the mix because you know how close Rick and Hunter are. So it's like you know mentor, father figure. You know I'm I'm gonna you know the you know defend his honor. But again, if I'm Vince, like if, if I tell you, hey pal, hey Graham, listen, all right, we got this. Uh, Batista attack Ric Flair. Hunter went to go check on him. Whatever. Okay, pal. What do you got for me next week? What do you got? What do you got for me the following week? What should Hunter do? What should Ric Flair do? What should Batista? The next time we, we should see Batista is is when and what do they do? So sell me on the next time they come on TV. Well, I would have them on TV as regularly as possible going into WrestleMania. I think having them, <coughs> excuse me, not on TV in the next month and a half would be a mistake. Like mm-hmm. Brock Lesnar not being on TV one half of the WrestleMania main event, him not being on TV for the next month and a half is an issue. Um, that that's you can only have Paul Heyman and Rollins go at it on the mic so many times. Like they they got to do something more with Brock being in there, having him get more physical, maybe threaten to beat the shit out of Roman Reigns, and Rollins comes to an aid. I don't know. I think that'd be interesting with Triple H and Batista. Uh, Triple H should be on Raw this week, all pissed off. And I don't want to see a 30-minute segment dedicated to these two. But if they keep it short and sweet, I think it could be I think it could be great. Um, I think it could be compelling TV. But like Triple H comes out looking for answers. Uh, why did you do that to Rick? And he's looking all around the arena for him. Ultimately, they find Batista on the on the Titan Tron, and that's where he kind of goes off on Triple H for what I said earlier about uh, all the reasons why he attacked Ric Flair and why he wasn't back sooner and his bad blood with Triple H and that whole thing. So, um, yeah, I think there's a couple different ways they can go with this, and then you just kind of build from there. And I think Batista came back at the perfect time because if they did this like a month and a half ago, you have to fill like three months of television time, and that's really difficult to do. So I think having to book this feed for a month and a half, easy peasy if they go down the route where they can kind of relive their past history but also create some new reasons for people to get inve- uh, to get invested in this angle as well so there's that but um yeah that, that that's just that's just one idea and then there could be another week where batista's maybe like attacking triple h's nxt people or you see him at nxt and they kind of shoot fight. like what rollins did a couple years ago when he invaded the takeover looking for triple h mm-hmm. you could do the same thing with these two you can get creative and go outside the box um there, there's a few different things i would love to see him do but yeah i mean so far i think the card is shaping up to be pretty good based off what's been teased in addition to batista triple h to answer your question like what other matches would i like to say um like usos hardy boys based off what we saw in smackdown that would be a great match they could do for the smackdown tag team titles they could do andrade Rey mysterio that's another very good match they can make me care about going into wrestlemania reinvigorate that united states championship AJ Styles, Randy Orton. On on the surface, I don't know why I should care about the match. It's a fresh match, but they need to give me a reason as to why I should care. Having them interact backstage is nice and all to plant the seeds, but WrestleMania is coming up pretty soon. They need to give me a reason like, okay, why do I want to see AJ Styles get his revenge against Randy Orton? There should be a reason here. There should be Mm. established bad blood. They have time between now and WrestleMania to do that, but they need to think more along those lines as opposed to just selling people on these matches just purely off of name value alone yeah um you you did mention a lot one real quick um uh he, he you know hunter and batista at wrestlemania you already know what the longest match of wrestlemania is going to be right 
Of course, Triple H Batista based <laughs> off the entrances and everything. Can't wait. Yeah, I can't wait for that, that, that 29 minute juggernaut match between Hunter and, uh, and, and Drax, whatever his name is from Guardians. Um, you mentioned the WrestleMania card, a good, couple good matches. Uh, oh, yeah, Orton. You mentioned Orton style. You know, like I said, we're, we're going to go all, all over the place. When AJ said, you know, this the house that, you know, SmackDown is the house that AJ Styles built, and, you, and you're saying it's a fresh match. Why should I care? I think the story they're going to go with is that, you know, Randy Orton has been there longer than AJ. He's been on SmackDown longer than, longer than AJ. Um, kind of feel like, Again, I don't know the words or how they're gonna go about it, but kind of saying like, you, like you ain't build shit. I've been here longer than you. I'm a, I'm a multiple time world champion. I know that sounds kind of boring, but it's like I, I'm the old guard. I'm the veteran. Who are you? You're the new guy. You ain't. You haven't done anything that 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 I've done, and you ain't. You haven't built SmackDown the way I've built it. I mean, that's the. I, I think that's where they're gonna go. They should enhance on that, um, because when when Orton said, you, 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 um, "Like AJ, you built what?" and then he, do, he and then he, you know, he kind of walked away, and, th- and then that was it. So when they plant that seed, me at, at home as a fan is like, "All right, they're probably gonna go on on that kind of route where Orton's been the the old guard, the the big dog, and whatever, and AJ is a new guy." But uh, SmackDown is really predicated on. You know, evolution days, Randy Orton days, and stuff like that. So that'd be a very good match um, if, if if it does go that route. Um, what else I have? You, you mentioned Usos, Hardest could be good. Andrade and Mysterio again. I know we've seen it one on one a couple of times. Um, you know, if they get the U.S. belt on one of those guys, cool to get it off our truth. It don't really matter to me. Um, and of course, Rousey, Becky, and Charlotte in the triple threat. Brock and Seth. Um, Miz and Shane. Mm, Miz and Shane. Uh, you know, I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's not it's not the most intriguing match on no. the card, but I just see it being added based off what we've seen in recent months. I mean, you know I me, mean, man. I, I think I think they should bring back the Money in the Bank joint for WrestleMania. I mean, I know they had their own. That pay- wouldn't be a bad idea. Yeah, but they got their own pay per view, so it's like they don't want to they don't want to be redundant. To be like, all right, we got a Money in the Bank ladder match at WrestleMania, but we have a money whole Money in the Bank um, pay-per-view in like June or July. But I was never a fan of Money in the Bank being its own pay-per-view. It should be a match at, at WrestleMania to, to like like a filler. You pull in eight, ten guys, the winner gets a, a contract later on, and, and the girls too. Um, you're probably gonna have a women's tag title match with Sasha Bailey against somebody. Um, Finn Balor IC title against what Bobby Lashley maybe um <laughs> yeah I guess I mean I would do like I know it sounds random but if they built it up the right way it'd be fine but like maybe Ricochet like I think someone like that would be a lot more exciting that's what I want to ask that's what I want to ask okay the NXT call-up guys the Ricochet Alistair Black and everybody else who came with them or whatever they haven't lost yet but they're beating all the veterans they're beating Nakamura. They're beating Rusev. They're beating. They're beating the 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 current tag champions, the Revival, which I really don't care. But still, um, are you like the average fan at home? Is like, all right, these new guys, these quote unquote rookies, coming onto Raw, coming to SmackDown. They're beating our old veterans, and now it's like, are you at home? Like, yo, why are they doing that? Why are they making the NXT new guys? to the Raw SmackDown beat everybody as opposed to 
the, 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 the Nakamura's and Rusev getting a victory? Why do you think NXT is getting all these victories over the old guys or the, the veterans, I would say? We got to make the young guys look good. The issue is that it's coming at the expense of people who need wins. Like having them beat the Raw Tag Team Champions two weeks in a row is really stupid. Yeah. Like what makes the revival different now than even a month ago when they were still losers? They're still losing. They just had the Raw Tag Team titles around their waist now. So I know they're good workers and all, and they're they're. It's a compliment to the revival to put guys like Black and Ricochet in there with them because they know they're going to get a great match out of them. The issue is that the revival is being beaten decisively. So hopefully this is leading somewhere. I saw someone speculate, and I like this idea a lot, that it leads to a fatal four-way tag team title match the next pay-per-view. Hmm. Black Ricochet, Gargano Ciampa, The Revival, and then Rude and Gable. Because that way The Revival can retain by beating Gable and Rude and not pinning one of the other new NXT guys. I think that'd be cool. Um, but like, where is this going is exactly. the question. Like, I don't want them both on Raw and SmackDown beating everybody only for it to not go anywhere. Hopefully this is only temporary before they either find a home for themselves or they go back to NXT because they're still showing up with the NXT nameplate. So I feel like they might wait until after WrestleMania to make it official. But at the same time, do you really think they have a plan in place for any of these guys? I know they're bigger names, but like, look at the last batch of call-ups. Heavy Machinery, EC3, Nikki Cross, Lacey Evans. None of them have a home yet. They're still appearing on both shows. They still have yet to decide what show these guys are going to. And it's been three months. So I, I don't think they have any more of an idea of what they're going to be doing with Black, Ricochet, um, Gargano, and Ciampa. But here's hoping they do soon because they're really running the risk of um, you know ruining these guys before they're ever really given a chance to succeed. So Ricochet, Black, Gargano, and Ciampa, they're officially on the Raw SmackDown side, right? They're not going back to NXT or what's the deal? I know, I know Ciampa's still a champion, so I know, I know he'll go back, but Ricochet, I would assume definitely, Alistair Black, I would assume definitely, and Gargano, who, correct me if I'm wrong, dropped his belt to um, Velveteen Dream, right? Correct, yeah, but I, they're still making appearances on NXT. Like, they're all going to be the next TakeOver. Mm. So I mm. think they're all doing double duty for right now. That's why I'm saying I think they might wait until after TakeOver right. to make it official. But I'd be very shocked, dude. I'd be shocked if they called up all four at the same time. Like, Black should have been on the main roster months ago, but like Gargano, Ciampa at the same time, I think it's kind of stupid because they're really gutting NXT. I know Vince doesn't really care about that, and I doubt Triple H would allow him to do that. <laughs> uh, so I don't know. I I have I have no clue. I'd be shocked if they called up Ricochet so soon because there's still so much more they could do with him in NXT. Um, maybe Black or maybe or not. Uh, Black is a definite. Maybe Gargano or Ciampa. I wouldn't call them up at the same time. I think one of them should win the NXT Championship. Maybe Ciampa holds on to a pass takeover or gargano wins it either way they stay in nxt for the foreseeable future because it would just be stupid to call them up right now because there's nothing for them in the main roster anyway if there was an opportunity for them to like show up beat john cena or something along those lines like kevin owens a few years ago that's great but there's not though they're just facing random tag teams and losers every mm. week so clearly there's no plan in place for these guys right now and um hopefully they could figure something out by WrestleMania, to to put a bow on what we on the topic we talked about Batista returning and Triple H and everything. Now when you know when they do the birthday you know segment and Rick doesn't come out and then you see Batista grabbing the, the camera guy, crowd goes crazy. One, I think you know them doing this in at, at in Atlanta. 
is a lot better than trying to have Batista come back in fucking Lafayette. So that, that was a great call by them. Um, crowd knew him. Crowd recognized him. They, they heard it. And they went ape shit. And then a lot of people on Twitter they praised the ending of Raw. You know the entire Raw, but they really praised the ending of it. It, it felt different. It was produced different. So now. Um, you know, the rumor was that Batista might make a return. We all kind of figured that. It's just a matter of when. Um, put a bow on how everything was laid out of Batista returning, how he did it, different than just coming out and cutting a promo or attacking, you know, somebody in the ring. What would you take on the final segment between Hunter and Batista coming back? I liked it a lot, if only because I think people just expected Becky Lynch to get involved somehow because it was the Ric Flair birthday and Charlotte was nowhere to be seen. So we figured that she would get involved. She never did. She was uh, wrestling at a live event somewhere else. So I thought the execution of the segment was great. I think they could have given it more time. It felt like it was a little rushed because it started at like 1050 and they had to go off the air now by 11 o'clock. So they should have cut the Bailey Nia Jax match down a few minutes. That did not need to go as long as it did. Anyway, though, I thought the overall execution of it was really well done, specifically the Batista thing. And you talked about before, Randy, at the start of the show, how things were filmed and the certain feel of certain things. Look at that Batista attack again. That was great. So Ric Flair doesn't come out, okay, but they show a cameraman getting dragged by Batista with another cameraman filming that. I thought that was really creative. It wasn't just like a cameraman filming Batista going into Ric Flair's room. It was you just see this random guy dragging a cameraman to, to follow him so he could be filmed so uh, he could be you know filmed attacking Ric Flair. I thought that was brilliant. And Batista came off like a true threat in his first night back on Raw in over five years. So I thought that was great. And I also think, too, this is not being talked about enough. It is really smart to have Batista be the heel here. It's very easy to have him be the babyface or, you know, have him be the babyface because he's coming back off a successful movie career. People want to cheer him. Um, he was always the babyface in his feud with Triple H. But I think having the roles reversed, that's where the money is. Because, A, we have not seen Triple H as a babyface in a long time, like in, in an in-ring role. We have not seen him work as a babyface in years. And then secondly... Um, there's just a lot more to delve into there with Batista being a heel. Like I mentioned earlier, his rationale for attacking and going after Triple H that you doubted me, you're a piece of shit, you never you never liked me, blah, blah, blah. And now he can hold over Triple H's head that Triple H has never beat him. And that's kind of like a heel thing to say, not a baby face. So I assume Triple H is winning no matter what anyway. I think Batista wants to come in, do the match, lose, and be done with it. I don't think there's... I don't think he's winning after having beaten Triple H three times like 13 years ago, 13, 14 years ago. I think he's losing. And if he's going to lose, he should lose as a heel. So I think it makes more sense that way. But I thought it was a great ending to Raw, one of the better endings in recent memory that got people talking and got people excited for a match that most people thought they weren't even going to be looking forward to when it was first teased back in October. So I thought it was really well done. I'm a big Batista fan. I'm glad he's back. And I'm looking forward to the uh, rekindling of the rivalry between him and Triple H. Roman Reigns um, was one of many who returned this week. Roman Reigns, Matt Hardy, um, Kevin Owens, Batista, we just mentioned. But, uh, you know, just overall big time shout out and salute to, to Reigns and being in remission. And, um, you know, that, that segment went on for 25 minutes, which could have went on longer. Um, 
and just seeing him being thankful to the fans and everybody, just the prayers and being back in the fold. You know, I'm not here to be like, well, you know, you know, well, when are you going to come back to the ring? It just, listen, man, whenever, it, whenever it's that time, then he'll come back and uh, be better than ever. But it, it, it was great to see him. The fans, everybody was cheering him now. It, it, it's kind of sad that something like this had to happen for everybody to really embrace him and cheer for him. But um, the fans loved it. They loved seeing him. He, he did get he did get physical in that Seth Rollins, uh, Dean Ambrose with the uh, Dean getting attacked by Elias in a segment. So maybe a rekindling, another rekindling of the shield down the road. Um, but, you know, it's great to see Roman back and we'll see how he gets, in, in, you know, into the fold in the coming months or whatever. But the question I got for you, Graham, is that, you know, we've been hearing Dean Ambrose might be leaving. Um, does this thing of Roman coming back and Seth being involved, does it kind of, do you think now that Dean Ambrose is going to stay because Roman is back and maybe Roman can kind of convince him to to, to kind of stay and not go somewhere else? I mean, I, 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 in the back of my head, I either felt it was a work or B, he wasn't going to leave. Again, I could tell you I'm going to, I'm going to quit in January. When it comes April, I might change my mind, you know, that you're human. So by the time the contract is up. I think Dean Ambrose is going to stay. I think, you know, I mean, you never know. Shit might change. But do you think Roman being back kind of changes that outlook for Dean Ambrose going forward? Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, I know there was talk of Dean Ambrose potentially resigning. I don't know why the company would come out and say, yeah, he's not coming back. I thought that was really weird. Mm. Um, Maybe it was just a tactic to get him to resign. I I don't know. But at this point, I, I... when you asked me a few weeks ago, I still said, I don't think it's coming back. But now that Roman is back, he's really good friends with Roman. If he's involved in something with Roman, there's a better chance of him sticking around than him leaving. So we'll see. We'll see. I don't know if a S.H.I.E.L.D. reunion is the answer. We just saw one six months ago. Right. And they broke up two months later. So the storytelling is a bit weird. Um, that That's the thing, too. I don't know what you do with Dean Ambrose and, and Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. Ambrose likely was not a factor. Like, Mm-hmm. He likely was not a priority until Roman Reigns comes back. So Rollins is already set in stone for WrestleMania. Roman um, and Dean are more, you know, they're they're more they're bigger question marks right now because I could see them feuding based off what Dean did to the Shield when Roman left a few months ago. I mean, Dean's seemingly a babyface now, so I don't know if I would go down that route. So it, it would be way too confusing. Um, or you could have him team up. I feel like that'd be a waste of Roman because the guy's a huge star. He's coming off a of beating cancer. To have him go after the Raw tag team titles would seem like a bit of a waste. But that's an idea, too. Demon, uh, Dean Ambrose and Roman Reigns versus The Revival. That's one match you could do. Mm-hmm. I don't really know, but I am intrigued. Um, the Shield stuff has always been great, and people always react to it. So, hey, it makes Raw more interesting for the coming months. Having bigger stars back like Roman Reigns will only help their cause. So hopefully they can uh, get something in place for Roman Reigns by WrestleMania come April. Right. Um, also on Raw, we saw the continuation of the Ronda Rousey, Becky Lynch, you know, also Charlotte storyline. Uh, Becky comes from the crowd, gets, you know, quote-unquote arrested. And then Ronda calls out Vince, gets Stephanie instead, and leaves the Raw Women's title in the middle of the ring with Stephanie and walks out. 
and then everybody's like, oh, did she vacate it? Oh, is she, is she no longer champion? Are we going to have a triple threat match for the vacated world title? I don't know. I don't think she, she vacated it. I just felt like it was more like, listen, you know, kind of to a degree, like you, y'all, y'all need me more than I need you, number one. Two, um, if I'm the champion, I'm not, I'm not going to defend my belt un- un- until I get the proper opponent for that. And until you do so, I'm not going to be doing all the shit you want me to do. Um, it's still February. I can take my ass home and, you know, come back April 7th and, you know, get Becky Lynch in the ring. And she was like, you know, get reinstate Becky. And they're like, no, not really my choice. But, you know, that's a higher up thing for the storyline. But what did you make of the whole Becky thing coming from the crowd of of, of one crutch? It's still trying to sell the injury, gets corner quarter rested, gets the mugshot backstage, whatever, um, that Ronda made fun of her on, on social media earlier. And then Ronda leaving the belt in the ring. What do, what do you what do you make of all that? I thought it was a good angle. Um, it's a bit confusing at this point in time. I don't know what they're supposed to be going for with any of this. I know they're they're really trying to make Becky have to be like the next Stone Cold, which is kind of annoying. Yeah. But um, beyond that, people are still into the story. Ronda Rousey's getting better with her promos, so that's a plus. Um, Charlotte is still that great bitch character, which is awesome. I still don't want her involved in the match, but whatever. At least she's playing her role well. And you know what? For what it's worth, I think it's kind of dumb that Ronda would be like, oh, here's the championship. I don't want it anymore because you're not going to be the match that I want, blah, blah, blah. But you know what? To their credit, they're doing a better job of making you want to tune in the following week to see what's going to happen. And that's what TV is all about. That's what episodic television is all about, planting the seed. Uh, for something that wouldn't make you want to watch the show the next week, whether it's promoting a match or a hook or a tease. They did that with this segment. So I'm not the biggest fan of this angle. I've been following it. I've been enjoying it. And um, I I think it's going to be interesting to see how it ends up. But I think it is ultimately all signs point to a triple threat. But at least they're doing a better job of making you want to tune in the following week to see what's going to happen next. That should be what they're going for every single week. And they succeeded with that here. Yeah, because I don't think I don't think they're going to make it a a triple threat for a vacated title. I think Ronda is going to. Get you know, get the belt back. She'll walk in uh, WrestleMania as a champion. She might not leave as champion, but then I know she'll walk in as champion. But I, I'll I'll be very really really shocked if they say, oh, Ronda's gonna you know she vacated it. You know that that's what that whole segment meant, and um, it shouldn't go that way. I'll be shocked. I'll be shocked if they went that way. But Ronda should somehow come back, get the belt, and then walk into WrestleMania with the title. Yeah, that's that's one route they can go in. I mean, I don't know. I'm not exactly sure how this is going to play out. I don't think Charlotte walks into WrestleMania's Raw Women's Champion. I don't think that's going to no. happen for a second. I think they'll tease that. <laughs> right. And then <laughs> I don't know how you get Becky back in the match. I would have Becky beat Charlotte at Fastlane, but that, that's the pay-per-view's mm-hmm. next Sunday. And they've announced <laughs> nothing for any of these people to show. So Exactly. I don't know. That's that's where they that's where they run into this issue of having two pay-per-views before WrestleMania. But they could. They could. I, mm. I still think Ronda walks into WrestleMania as champion. Um, right. But this, it's still a very convoluted angle, to say the least. On the SmackDown side, we get uh, Kevin Owens returning. The initial match was Kofi and Daniel Bryan for the title at Fastlane. Contract signing. They're about to, Kofi is about to sign. And then uh, Vince comes out. 
says, um, you know, whatever. <laughs> Basically saying, listen, Kofi, you're a great guy. You've been here, you know, I appreciate your contributions, but I got somebody else better to take your spot, and it's Kevin Owens. And now, Ke- mind you, Kevin Owens, we last saw him on Raw. He's now on SmackDown. We last saw Matt Hardy um, on Raw. He's now on SmackDown. Um, we last saw Batista on the SmackDown 1000th episode. He's now on Raw. So everybody just fucking switching. So um, Kevin Owens now is on SmackDown. He's now going to fight Daniel Bryan for the title at Fastlane. I think they're going to hold off Kofi and Daniel Bryan to WrestleMania. I think you said on this show a week ago or two that either A, you didn't think it'll be Kofi and Daniel Bryan or it shouldn't be Kofi and Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania. I think majority of the signs are pointing pointing to that direction with the, with the crowd really getting behind Kofi. Um, one... Surprised about Kevin Owens' return to SmackDown in, in that in that fashion. Two, him replacing Kofi at Fastlane. And three, why do you think so? And four, do you think we do get Kofi and Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania for the WWE title? Well, I'm happy to see Kevin Owens back. It was rumored a few weeks ago that he was in line for the WWE title match at WrestleMania, hmm. which to me makes it sound like they switched plans and they're having Kofi go now for the title at WrestleMania instead of Owens, which is why they pushed the Owens match up to Fastlane. Now, I don't want a triple threat at WrestleMania, especially if we're already getting Becky, Ronda, Charlotte. I, I don't like triple threats at WrestleMania, especially at least in the main matches, at least in the you know the main event matches. Why is that, Grant? Why is that? Why? why, why? I'm, not, I'm not saying you, but why fans... I've heard that before because you're not the only one that said that. I yeah. even heard Vince McMahon doesn't even like triple threat match, but why people don't like a triple threat match for the title at, at, at WrestleMania? I feel like it's just more traditional to have like a one-on-one rivalry going into WrestleMania. Like a three-way, like if it was like the Shield or something because it would just make sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've had some great three-ways. The Benoit-Shawn Michaels-Triple H match was brilliant. The Daniel Bryan, Batista, Orton one was brilliant. You can't do them all the time, obviously. When done right, they're great. I don't think they should. I, I think they should only do it when necessary. The Charlotte, Ronda, Char, uh, Becky one that kind of feels forced, but whatever. Um, it should be a great match anyway. So, they, uh, point being, they should if they're going to even have one, they should not have two. Right. Definitely okay. not two. I that's just ridiculous. I would not have said Bryan versus Kofi was a WrestleMania worthy match a month ago. But they have made people believe in a Kofi Kingston in a way where I could have never imagined this happening. So to the point where I think people would buy in the possibility of him becoming champion of WrestleMania. So if they can play their cards right here and stay the course with Kofi Kingston, he could become the WWE champion of WrestleMania, which is fucking amazing if they could play this right. So we'll see. We'll see if they make the New Day more serious between now and Mania. It could work. Um, but I like that. I don't know what you do with Kevin Owens, though. I'm glad that he's back. The brand split means nothing. Fuck the brand split, which sucks, but whatever. Um, so he's on SmackDown now. Assuming we get Brian and Kofi one-on-one at WrestleMania, which we will, um, they would not have done what they did with Kofi on Tuesday if they weren't planning on putting him in the WWE title match at WrestleMania. Then who do you have Kevin Owens face? Uh, I've seen some people speculate Sami Zayn. Maybe he costs 
Kevin Owens the title at Fastlane. That's an idea. We've seen the match a million times, but we've never seen Sammy as the heel and Owens as the face. So that would be interesting. Um, maybe a Sammy and Brian alliance, which would be interesting too. If not that, then I really don't know who else you have Kevin Owens face from Raw or SmackDown because he's already faced everybody. Um, from SmackDown, like Nakamura, I don't even know. Like, would you put no. him in a multi-man match with the United States Championship or something? Like, mm. I, I really, I really don't know. Like, Aleister Black or something like that. I, I don't know. Mm. But uh, I am intrigued. I'm intrigued to see where they go with it. I'm intrigued to see Kevin Owens as a babyface. Um, it's something we've never seen before. If they play their cards right, I think he could get over huge as a face. Not if he's doing the stunner. I just think that's stupid. Maybe that's just me. I think it's really dumb. Oh, we gotta make him we gotta make him beloved, so let's give him a finisher from the nineties. Like I think that's so stupid. Just make him the first Kevin Owens, not the first John, uh, the next Stone Cold. Like same thing with Becky. They should not be the next Stone Cold. Make them their own person. Mm. Um but whatever. I, I am excited to see Owens as a face. And we'll see where it goes. And then Kingston ultimately gets the shot at WrestleMania, though. I think for me, the fact that from a story standpoint, the fact that Kevin Owens, that the fact that Vince McMahon pointed Kevin Owens to replace Kofi Kingston when Kevin Owens had beef with Shane McMahon at last year's WrestleMania, and Shane is right there in the ring, and then Kevin Owens had beef with Vince maybe a year and a half ago um, on the SmackDown where he headbutted him, and that's nowhere to be found, nowhere to be brought up, nowhere to be heard. So it's like, all right, Vince just kind of forgot and forgave him and said, you know what, Kevin, I was in the past, but here you go. You're you're my guy now to take the place of Kofi Kingston. And there's no mention of like, hey, you know, weren't they just at odds, you know, last year, year and a half ago? But again, that's just how it goes. That's, that's why I'm like, why would they replace Kofi um for Kevin Owens and bring Kevin Owens back I would assume Daniel Bryan is going to win that match um, so why bring Kevin Owens back and then have him lose right out the gate in a in a, a championship match and then you get Kofi and Daniel Bryan at Wrestlemania so my thing is like is, is there anything like okay maybe outside of a storyline I doubt there's something like not like internally like why Kofi did not get the nod at Fastlane my thing is this if you weren't going to have Kofi and Daniel Bryan at Fastlane anyway then you should not even you know have announced it you should have kept it the way it is have a different opponent and then you then you announce Kofi and Daniel Bryan at Wrestlemania or whether it, you know it be Kevin Owens I think it's intriguing but trying to figure out you plug Kofi in you take him out then he's, he's going to come back into the fold. It's like, why go through all that and just keep it more simple, you know? I think they did that because they want people to rally behind Kingston right. and be, like, pissed that he got the title shot taken away. Because the whole story of Kofi Kingston here is that he's never really had, not even really, he's never had a one-on-one -on -one opportunity at the WWE Championship. And once again, the rug got ripped right underneath him. So this will cause people to rally behind him even more. So honestly, I don't even really disagree with what they did here. Um, what I think is weird is that Owens is supposed to be the babyface, yet he's the one taking the title shot exactly. from the guy who earned it. You know, So I, I thought that was weird. But the, the role that Kingston plays in all of this, I'm completely fine with it because I think it will work out in the end. Now let me ask you this: When it comes to Kofi, if it is if it is a one on one, Daniel Bryan, and let's just say, you know, going into Mania, and let's say hypothetically he walks out as champion, right? Let's just say he does. 
what is that how how would you again again now now we're fantasy booking this the new day aspect with Kofi as world champion if that was the route do you think it's the proper time to be like all right Kofi is champion but you you can't really keep the new day gimmick going on after that if you're the champion right don't you would you have Kofi change the gimmick up walking into mania or after mania do you think the new day should break up and have a a, a dissension now that kofi is a champion and that Big E and xavier can feel a certain way like oh yeah we hope to be the champion but now we want a title shot we're we're better than you going i mean there's so many routes that they can go or they could have daniel bryan win a mania and you know a la like how they had hunter b booker t at wrestlemania 19 where everybody everybody on the planet thought that Booker T should have won that match, including me. So I don't want that to be the same thing at WrestleMania 35. If they go that route, give it to Kofi. Fuck it. Let, let, let's see what happens. But what do you think about the gimmick he walks in with and walks out with? And do you think some, they should go with a route where the New Day gets kind of jealous and there's a breakup after that? I think that's bound to happen. If Kofi wins the bell, which I think, honestly, if he gets the title shot of Mania, he should. Um, there should be some, maybe not immediately after that because I think there's some there's some cool stuff you could do with because they've, they've teased this before like if whoa if we ever won the world title we would have to share it like we have to we we could do the Freeburg rule right that would be interesting honestly that would be real interesting to see if they could do that with Biggie and, and Xavier or if it would just solely be Kingston as the world champion or maybe they want to and Kofi doesn't want to and he's the one who goes to heel I don't know there's there's a couple different routes they could go with this I mean I wouldn't turn the new day on Kingston like the next SmackDown after after WrestleMania. <laughs> But, you know, by the end of the year, absolutely. Because after that runs its course, what else do you do with a new day? Like, they faced everybody. Raw, SmackDown, everybody. There's no other teams for them to face. It's time. I'm glad they're branching off with Kingston in the singles ranks because the tag team stuff ran its course a long time ago. And I like the New Day, but they just need to find new stuff for them to do. And this is new. So we'll see. We'll see. I could see, uh, you know, a Big E Kofi feud. I saw someone, you know, uh, pitching that a few weeks ago. I think it was Brian Alvarez of uh, Wrestling Observer Radio. He had said that if Kofi got the shot of Fastlane, which he did briefly before it was taken away, maybe Big E cost Kofi the match. It leads to a, like a huge heat for Big E, and then it leads to a one-on-one match at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't do that right now. I would save that for down the road. But absolutely, I could see, you know, the Big E, or rather the New Day breakup happening at some point before the end of 2019 in that fashion. But what do you think about the gimmick? Does Kofi have to? Does Kofi continue the New Day gimmick? You know, I would assume he'll walk into Mania with the whole New Day stuff. But after WrestleMania, if he's a World Champion, can you see? The, a champion with the whole new day pancakes this and all that are you or do you want to see a, a, a new revamp repackaged kofi kingston i'd rather see a revamp kofi kingston but they might stick with what's tried and true with the new day stuff because people know what to expect with kofi kingston in the new day um i was thinking about that like if they gets if he gets the title shot of wrestlemania do you have him come down? Do you have him come down as the New Day, like with the New Day entrance, or do you give him the old SOS theme song that he used to have like five, six years ago? Like, I don't know. I'm not really sure what you do. Um, like, I was thinking, like, if they play that old song of his, do people react? Like, do people remember? Because that was a long time ago at this point. That wasn't like 2014. Right. That was a long right. time ago. So I, I don't, I don't know. I'm not really sure. It depends how long they intend to go with this. If it's going to be brief. And he drops the belt at the next pay-per-view, if that, 
then yeah, I would stick with the New Day stuff. But if they want to have him hold the belt for a couple months, yeah, I would do a revamp of the New Day shit and um, maybe not get rid of the New Day, but like at least make them more serious. Mm-hmm. And at least for Kingston, give him his own theme, a different like a new look, make him out to be a more serious competitor that people can get behind and take seriously, as opposed to the pancake eating shit. <laughs> and um, we have Matt Hardy come back. Um, it, it was, uh, SmackDown was in uh, North Carolina. Um, that's another Hardy boys are back together. Matt Hardy's back. No more delete, delete, all that kind of stuff. So, um, were you surprised about Matt Hardy coming back and, and like Matt Hardy from the Hardy boys character coming back, not the whole delete stuff. And, you know, again, Hardy, they they return again. But like, what do you see from them going forward? Are they just, just going to be in a tag team role with not really, you know, trying to get the belts or be champions? What do you think they go on uh, to do from now on? Yeah, I was surprised. I'd be shocked if anyone said they saw that one coming. That came completely out of nowhere. <laughs> like you mentioned earlier, Matt, the last time we saw him was on Raw. So I figured the last time or the next time that we would see him, if he was to come back at all, mm-hmm. it would be on Raw. So for him to come back in North Carolina alongside Jeff Hardy as a tag team was very surprising. And I love surprises in wrestling that we don't see coming. This was not reported. The Batista thing people were tweeting about, like, oh, he's backstage, blah, blah, blah. That kind of ruined it. But whatever. Um, the yeah. Matt Hardy thing was a total surprise. I thought that was awesome. I really, I love that because it came completely out of nowhere. So I would love to see more of that. And um, I'm glad they're back together because I know their contracts were set to expire soon. And maybe this was the only way they could keep them around. Because the, honestly, let's let's look at it this way. Jeff Hardy had a good singles run, but they weren't doing anything with him in the last couple of months. He feuded with Randy Orton. He had that brief feud with Samoa Joe. And that's about it. The guy got eliminated from the Elimination Chamber in like a minute. Mm-hmm. So he wasn't going to do anything at WrestleMania unless he was in the Battle Royal. They're not doing much with Jeff Hardy right now. I love Jeff Hardy. And they could be doing more with Jeff Hardy, but they're not. So he was just going to be spinning his wheels. Matt Hardy's been on the shelf since August. He's been clear to go for a couple months now. What, were they going to bring him back on Raw to face fucking Kurt Hawkins with the Woken gimmick? Like, <laughs> I love the Woken stuff, don't get me wrong, but the last time we saw it, when he wasn't teaming with Bray Wyatt, it was like an undercard act. I don't want to see him be like the gold dust of Raw. I, I don't really have any desire to see that. Mm. I'd rather see them back together, so I'm glad they're reunited. It was a different Matt Hardy. I was pitching this last night to someone, but maybe we see them bring back the broken characters as a tag team, like Brother Nero and Broken Matt. I think that'd be pretty fucking cool at some point. You know, the possibilities are endless, but the last time we saw the Hardy Boys together, they were on Raw. Now they're on SmackDown, so fresh batch of opponents to work with. We've never seen them in the Usos before. That's a WrestleMania match waiting to happen right there. Usos, Hardy Boys. You also have the Hardy Boys in the New Day, another match we've never seen before. They teased that years ago. We could finally get it on SmackDown. You could do that. They had the Hardy Boys and Gallows and Anderson, who shockingly are, yes, still employed. You could do that match. The Hardy Boys versus Sanity, who are also still employed despite popular uh, belief, contrary to popular belief. So while there's a couple different routes you can go in with these guys as SmackDown Tag Team Champions, they needed more teams beyond the New Day, the Bar, and the Usos. So this shakes things up a bit, and it's a good use of Jeff Hardy, and I think it's a great match to do at WrestleMania, them versus the Usos. I'm a big fan of this all around. How dare you shit on Goldust, one of the greatest intercontinental champions of all time? How <laughs> dare you? 25, whatever, 20-plus 20 year veteran. How dare you dis- disrespect Goldust? 
Hey, don't don't shit on me for shitting on Gold. Uh, shit on the company. They were the ones. They were the ones who put him on two hundred five live with Enzo Amore the last time we saw this guy. So wow, that's their fault. Wow. Um. Yeah, it seems to be that everybody's coming back except Bray Wyatt. This is crazy. Yeah, everybody except for Bray Wyatt is exactly. coming back. That's great. Bray Wyatt's even, home look, chilling. Even May, even Matt Hardy realized, hey, my tag team partner Bray Wyatt's a loser. I better get on <laughs> out of here and team up with Jeff. So even he realized he was a loser. No, 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 Bray Wyatt slander <laughs> on this show. Sorry, not I honestly, I'm sorry, but we're not getting Bray at WrestleMania. We're not, I, not, not him and Brian. I'm sorry because we pitched that a while ago. They could have done that. I'm not going to lie to you, Randy. They could have done that with Kevin. Uh, what they did with Kevin Owens, they could have done with Bray Wyatt, but they didn't. Because they told you, like, it wouldn't make any sense because the last time we saw him was on Raw. Well, brand split be damned because Kevin Owens is on SmackDown despite being on Raw. He was a Raw superstar the last time we saw him. So <laughs> I guess it doesn't really matter. They could have done with the thing with Bray Wyatt, which, honestly, I'm not going to lie to you, Randy, would have made more sense than Kevin Owens because at least he has history with Brian and the Wyatt family. That's what I'm saying. Uh, yeah, uh, that's 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 not happening on, though. Man. That's yeah. it's not. Well, you never know, man. Bray Wyatt could be a special entry into the Battle Royal and win it. So maybe who? Oh, that, that's, that's his uh, WrestleMania moment. No Battle Royal. <laughs> that that's got to be his uh, WrestleMania moment because the last time he was at Mania, he was fighting with Orton with fucking bugs in the middle of the ring. Well, honestly, has he had a WrestleMania moment? The guy's the reverse Undertaker. He's like 0-4 at WrestleMania. <laughs> he lost his John Cena. He Undertaker. Lost Taker, 30, 32. He did not have a match at 32, but he he was involved in that impromptu Rowan and the Rock stuff. Yeah, he got laid out by the Rock, yeah. Uh, 33 was with Ort, uh, Randy Orton, and 34, he, he was in that battle royal again, right, with, um, with Matt Hardy, right? Well, he wasn't in the match, but he helped Matt Hardy he win. Helped him. Look at that! But he he wasn't even even involved in rest in two WrestleManias. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. This he probably won't be involved in this one either. <laughs> so this is crazy. There you go. Well, hopefully, um, you know me, man. Still hope out for Bray Wyatt to come back and really do some interesting stuff. Uh, I think we had a whole bunch of stuff to talk about, which is great. Um, I know sometimes when when there ain't that much to talk about, either we don't do a show or we're just kind of caught up with our own schedules but um kind of glad we did this and uh fast lane is next weekend right yes it is next sunday uh, last, uh, so next uh, next week we we'll do a preview of the fast lane and anything new to to be uh, talked about you can follow graham matthews on twitter at russell rant you can follow me at randy j cruz r-e-n-d-y the letter j c-r-u-z and you can find the podcast on both soundcloud and itunes you can find the two out of three falls podcast t-shirt on pro wrestling tees.com slash cruise control grandma man thank you thank you randy i'll talk to you next week all right man take it easy all right adios all right